Hey everyone and welcome back to the Cryptonomy Podcast hosted by me, Tom Farron. This is episode 7 and the Cryptonomy Podcast is a 30 minute podcast every single Friday which goes over some topics in the cryptocurrency market. So I'll choose a topic and dive in deeper into it, giving you full analysis and a lot of value to take forward with you into the next week of trading. Now today is going to be all about psychology. What kind of psychology do you need and is needed really to succeed in the financial markets, whether that be the foreign exchange markets, the stock market, or even the cryptocurrency market, probably the most volatile market because of its youth? What kind of psychology do you need to be successful? How emotions affect rational thinking in humans? And also lastly, kind of what type of emotions do you need to implement in certain markets? So for instance, in a bearish market, do you need to have a slightly different bias and emotional thinking than you do in a bullish market? I'm going to be going all through that. And I think that this is a very interesting topic at the moment because this is why I chose this topic of market psychology because we are at such a crucial level in the market now. $6,000 for Bitcoin, it's all over the media, it's all over the headlines. You can't get away from it if you're in the crypto market. We've seen the price move back up to $6,000. And what I've seen on social media, amongst the mainstream media, even like um, CNBC, BBC, a lot of um, cryptocurrency um outlets such as Coindesk, Coin Telegraph, things like that. They've been hyping the market. There's been a lot of adjectives used like Bitcoin's in a bull run, Bitcoin's the golden cross, um, Bitcoin's breaking out, things like this. And there's a lot of there's a lot of euphoria and hype around the market. People think a bull run's gonna happen. Um and so it's just nice to step back a little bit sometimes and just watch that from afar. Just analyze that and think about what it actually means and, and whether whether we are actually in this type of market at the moment or whether price is only moving up purely because of speculation. And that's why it's good to just go back onto the charts, have your own personal bias, which I have, um, and I'm not afraid to kind of say that out on social media. I'm not afraid to say that out on anywhere because I have my own personal bias. It's my own decisions. And whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't essentially matter because in the long term, if you are dollar cost averaging, if you are buying in at points along the line, long term, historically, I'll be correct anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's quite interesting just to see the psychology of humans as we approach this very important level now and how it's changed so much from this bearish market, which we've been in for about 18 months, downwards market, continual lower highs. And now we've created, we're still in a in a counter trend. If you look at the long-term picture, if you look at the monthly time frame or the weekly time frame for Bitcoin, we are still in a bearish market. We haven't broken above previous lower highs. And yet speculation is growing, hype and euphoria and and um, human emotions are building to the positive to suggest that we are actually breaking out into a bull market. I think it's interesting to analyze what become what comes first is it the technical analysis or the human emotions um the markets that are essentially run by human speculation we are that's how the fibonacci works fibonacci is used in the natural world it's found in pine cones and hurricanes and um lots of different things in in flowers 
in the natural world in planet earth and then it's also used in the financial markets and and the reason because of that is that humans are we are part of this world we are inhabitants of planet earth and we take though that psychology that like inbuilt um dna into our world into the financial markets into our economic system and then we are psychologically affected by these these fibonacci levels so the 61.8 fibonacci retracement or things like that um we are affected by that so it's just quite interesting to see um a lot of psychology being played out at the moment and it's it's very important to keep a rational mind keep a calm state and not get too hyped up with the with the emotions and try not to paint pictures that you can't actually see try not to paint pictures that aren't actually there so using our indicators and, and things like the golden cross um just to kind of build your bias and cement that bias that there's going to be a ball run there's going to be this keep an open mind it's best to do that so that's what it's going to be about this podcast um as i said 30 minutes so what i like to do when i first talk to people people ask me um whether if if i can teach them how to invest in the cryptocurrency markets or it's just maybe just family and friends who are interested in it or anyone else really i i say first of all i break it down to the very start the very foundations and i say to them what are your motives for entering the market because when we can kind of get i can get that understanding i can get a reason their purpose their reason for doing something then i can break it down a lot easier and i can understand their motivations so essentially in life you've got two motivational sectors you've got intrinsic motivations and you've got extrinsic motivations now intrinsic motivations are what they're derived from kind of intangible factors so for instance having having ideas having goals and um intangible successes like self-worth and and things like that that's a intrinsic motivation it's within you um it's deeper with it's it's a deeper psychological level than just materialistic goods and that's what the other motivation extrinsic motivations is tangible factors so you can split it into two like that intrinsic is intangible so getting that purpose in life um having a goal a vision a tracking your performance actual progressing in life and feeling that you are self-worth and you're actually developing as a human being uh creativity having ideas having a positive attitude those are all intrinsic motivations and extrinsic are the kind of tangible factors which you can see so maybe a possibly a monetary gain because you can convert monetary gain into a car maybe you want to buy ferrari so ferrari is an actual tangible asset that you can have and you can see you can feel it you can use your senses to understand that but um so i like to get an understanding of what people's motives are you know where where are they coming from where's their mindset at, and what what are they looking for what do they want to get out of the market and what's their vision for this so it could be monetary gain it could and that's fine if it is monetary gain um you come in into this market purely for monetary gain and you want me to teach you how to make money in this market that's absolutely fine because that's essentially i believe i mean I don't know how many people would actually admit this, but many, many people do come into this market purely for the money. 
And then later on, they pick up other traits, I suppose, of the motivational traits, such as they want to get that feeling that they are at the start of something. We are at the start of the cryptocurrency market. It's in its infancy, and we want to get that feeling that we've just, we were at the very forefront of something. So that feeling, um, maybe potentially a career. Um, they might leave their previous job and move into full-time cryptocurrency trading. They might want to start a business teaching people how to invest in the cryptocurrency market. So there's different motivations, really, for getting into this market. And first of all, you should try and address or try and understand, go deep into your mind and understand what actually is your reason for doing this, um, your reason for getting into the market. Are you motivated by reward or are you motivated by, well, is it, is it, is an, is it an outside reward or is it an inside reward, essentially? I mean, that, that will help you with your emotional thinking as well because humans are very emotional. Um, it's part of our molecular structure. It's part of our DNA. And this is the kind of problem that's happened with the economic system, and I've spoke about this quite a lot recently, that we're on a trust-based model at the moment. Um, we all agree of the value of the currency that we have, our native currency. We all believe that it's worth a certain amount. And so if I believe £10 is worth £10, and my next-door neighbour believes it also, and then the person... The merchant, the shopkeeper, who I'm going to purchase a good off, also believes it's £10, is worth that amount of money. Then that's a trust-based system. And that trust-based system is an, an entire network across countries and countries and countries. Money is the best story ever told. It's kind of the glue that sticks us together. It's, it's a fictional tale that we've told ourselves that we all believe in. And now... Um, What's happened, though, because human emotion isn't stable. We aren't stable creatures. We are um, prone to have emotional um, issues or, or dysfunctions. So the volatility of human emotion in economics doesn't work. And that's why if we pass our trust from volatility of human emotion into kind of the artificial arms of the mathematical algorithms, then we are giving control up to the maths, to the mathematical algorithm, to cryptography, to allow to make decisions for us because we can't essentially be trusted. Um, and that's why our economic system has slagged so far behind. Um, more than other tech industries or other, or other industries like that, now, this idea was was first conceived, I mean, back in 1993, there was a computer scientist called Nick Sabado, and he first had the idea for smart contracts, which is what Ethereum is built upon now. Ethereum is built upon smart contract technology, and this computer scientist first had the idea in 1993. He created a analogy of a digital vending machine to try and describe this trust-based system um, of how it would work. Now, think of it like this. If you pay £1 to a vending machine and there's a can of Coke on the other side behind the glass wall, 
I trust the vending machine won't eat my money and um, won't just swallow the money and not give me anything. I'm trusting the machine. For, for this process, for this actual arrangement or agreement to actually work, the machine is trusting me that I won't throw the machine on the floor or smash the glass and take all the cans of Coke or all the um, all the drinks away because if that works, then the whole system breaks down. What's supposed to happen is what I'm supposed to give a value to the machine and it gives me something back. Now, if I break the glass, of course, then the whole system breaks down. That's a contract. We have kind of an agreement, a contract. We understand that in law that there's a, there's a contract where I agree to something and another party agrees. It's a two-party thing. Um, now, smart contracts, what the original idea was, that we'd have this traditional contract. We'd have this traditional kind of programming and predetermination that I would do this, I would give a pound to the machine, the machine would give back a can of coke now that was already pre-programmed into the vending machine what would happen now is that these transactions would be immutable they couldn't be reversed and it was based upon cryptography now this is what humans need to move on to we need to move on to a math-based economic system as i said because humans are too volatile to make uh, economic decisions about finance for instance look at the even the market crash of 2007-2008, um, that was purely based upon human emotions and we could have, that could have been stopped or that could have been, um, that didn't have to happen if we, we, we didn't have our trust in our own emotions and we had it into a different um, setup, a different system. Venezuela is also an interesting uh, example because the government actually devalued their currency, the Bolivia, by 95%. I think it was late last year, late 2018. Um, that led to hyperinflation of 80,000% at the end of 2018. People were going to the shops to buy standard goods with bucket loads of cash because they didn't have because the currency was devalued so much. So essentially, the point is that human emotion isn't compatible to economic um, economic stability. So if you are a retail trader, now we understand that overall, on the large scale, we need cryptography. We need this new system based away from human emotion. If you're a retail trader and you're trading you know, on you by yourself and you've got your mind and how are you supposed to keep a level head and steady emotions? Now humans, as I said, I'm gonna go back to more of our native, back to our innate systems. Here we've got the two systems, we've got the par the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Now the sympathetic is kind of the fight or flight mode. And that's when you're either in a position where you're gonna stand up and fight for your life or you're gonna flee. You're going to run away from the predator. You're going to run away from something. And that's what we would have done in traditional times. Back in um, previous previous eras, we would have run away from a predator or we would have fought a predator off. Um, and we are 
our nervous system hasn't adapted. It takes a very long time for it to evolve. And so we're still in that fight or flight mode. We still have that. And when we encounter stress, um, we, we we activate that sympathetic nervous system. We, we go into that state of stress and that state of fight or flight. And then it increases, you know, blood pressure. It increases um, stress levels in the body and makes us kind of tunnel visioned. And so if you do have these kind of attitudes of FOMO, that's that's a big one that's going around on social media, fear of missing out. As I said, you see that a lot on social media, um, the euphoria and the hype and and you jump onto certain moves. Like imagine now you jumped onto that $6,000 Bitcoin move and you wanted to long the market, you wanted to buy the market at that level. That would be a sheep mentality. That would be following the crowd because what you could have done is bought at the lows of 3000 when nobody wanted to buy. That would have been a smart investment, but now you want to buy at 6000 Um, So just based upon speculation, based upon hype and euphoria. So you need to have, take yourself away from that sympathetic nervous system, calm your mind and put it into a different state. Now the last point on that is FUD. Now it's another little, um, what do they call it? A, uh, I don't know what it's called, the, th- the letters into, into words, but fear, uncertainty and doubt, that's FUD. Um, and essentially this is again looking at human emotions in the market and how it plays out and especially social media you know you can go on social media and have a lot of ideas you can compare yourself to other traders you can look at other charts and, and, and paint different pictures what you need to do as a trader is not compare yourself to other people and I mean that's not just for trading that's that's in life overall but in trading don't compare yourself to other people don't compare charts. If you're trading the Bitcoin chart, you shouldn't look at other, other traders' charts. You shouldn't think about their ideas of whether Bitcoin's going to go up or down at the $6,000 level. You should have your own personal biases um, and avoid all the noise on social media, all the hype, all the uncertainty, because a lot of these people don't actually know what they're doing. Um these people are only, as I said, sheep mentality. They're only sheep themselves and they are only following the crowd and that's what social media is quite a lot. Um, Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is a thief of joy and so we shouldn't compare ourselves to anyone else, whether it's monetary or whether it's only whether it's purely creativity, you know, looking at the charts and looking at other people's charts and make your own bias. Have your own bias, do your own technical analysis and your own chart work and then if you want to use someone else's chart to back it up a little bit and to to have a little addition or maybe possibly do your own technical analysis, do your own chart work and then use someone else for fundamental news, for economic news. Maybe you read some articles from Coindesk or Cointelegraph, but you do your own technical analysis. That's what I do. I do all my own technical analysis look at my own charts, make my own decisions, plot my own support and resistance levels, supply and demand zones, Fibonacci, do it all myself, and then I'll go on to media outlets such as, you know, as I said, and look for cryptocurrency news and updates in the market and potential scenarios that could happen. But my personal bias is already cemented. It's already um, in line with my own, my own visions, my own, as I said before, instinct, intrinsic 
motivations. A lot of people on social media don't trust in themselves. They don't have a self-confidence. And that's very important, as I said, to stick to your own bias, to have your own opinions on the markets. You don't have to put those opinions out there on social media. You can just keep them to yourselves and trade yourself and hold positions. But it's very important to have self-confidence um, and to believe in what you're doing, believe in, in the price movements that is happening and and also what you are looking at. So you've got to believe in your own skill set, that you are a good trader, that you're good at reading the markets and that you can be successful long-term. Because I think a lot of people are playing a short-term game. They want to make a quick return on investment, a quick book, um, but they don't really want to put in the the time and also have the accountability that is required to have success in this market. You know, um, accountability is also another thing. Um, having accountability and being actual, how do I say it? It's... Um, if you make it an incorrect decision, people know about it. You know, if you put your opinion on social media, if you put your chart work on social media and you get it wrong, then you are not a threat. The threat is too, too negative of connotation, but um, you are accountable. I suppose you're, um, you put your opinion out there, so if you're wrong, then people can judge you they can say whatever and I think that's a good thing in a way because then it will motivate you more to make correct decisions or to improve your knowledge base and to make better predictions and decisions in the future I think it's a good thing to have accountability not just for yourself behind closed doors but also put your trust into other people as opposed to put your opinion out there and then people can uh, motivate you by um by judgment I suppose so what I was saying about the sympathetic nervous system that is the fight or flight mode and you see a lot of that on social media now if you want to be a good trader if you want to progress you need to have the opposite the parasympathetic that's rest and digest and it's a kind of calm state of meditation it's kind of calm state of of peace and tranquility and to do that you need to have the vision you need a, a clear vision um, you need to have a clear vision for your purpose and what you're gonna what what you want to achieve in this market long term. Also, you want to have a a vision on each each trade. So you got to make a decision. So, for instance, me now, I believe that Bitcoin will reject off the six thousand dollar level and fall to around four thousand two hundred forty. Now, I am cemented on that philosophy i'm cemented on that idea um i'm accountable i put it online i posted my trades online my opinions my views i've got a clear vision and also i have action the trade i've taken the trade and i have not compared myself to others i have understood that this is my own personal bias i've built my own bias from my skill set from the analysis from the technical analysis and then also drawing from the fundamental chart, fundamental news sources, and built this kind of opinion for myself, and I'm sticking to it. That's that's kind of what you have to do. And then after that, it's just a series of good habits. 
building good habits. Um, so when you're entering the market, when you're looking at the market, you've got to be in the right mindset. You've got to be um, in a happy mood at the right time of day. You've got to be um, eating well, eating healthy, exercising. I think that a lot of people overlook that. And even anything in life, when they go when they go for something, um, when they try to improve on a certain aspect of life, they only focus on that and they don't understand that this person is actually looking at the screen. So, for instance, if you want to improve your trading, you find different strategies. You say, okay, it's my strategy that's wrong. You know, I'm putting the trend line in the incorrect place. I should be drawing the trend line from the candle bodies rather than the wicks. You know, I'm getting into detail here, but you should be um, using this indicator. Or maybe I should be using this website for my news sources. I shouldn't be reading these articles. I should be reading these ones. But you don't ever focus on the body that's actually behind the screen. And actually, you know, if you're just sitting there and it's 2 a.m. and you're um, eating Doritos or you're just binging uh, your life away and you not have good, consistent, positive habits, positively reinforcing your life, then it doesn't matter what you're doing on the screen. It doesn't matter what strategy you use. And this is why I always say, it's not about the strategy, it's about the psychology. You know, the best traders ever, they didn't have the best strategy. They just had the best mindset. They can control their mind better than anyone else. And this also comes down to a lot about risk management, about setting stop losses, about setting um, correct risk management, as I said, risk reward levels, only risking about 2 to 3% of the account per trade rather than investing, or should I say risking a lot more, like 10 to 15% if you're trying to revenge trade, if you're trying to win back any losses you've made. It's all about keeping that steady mindset, building consistent habits, and coming into the market with a positive frame of mind. I like to think of it in a sense that most of the trading is already done before you've executed the trade. So... If you, uh, this is what this was my philosophy on each trade forex, especially because I'd analyze the whole market. For instance, the Australian dollar, US dollar used to be my pair that I used to analyze quite a lot. So I'd analyze the market. For instance, if it was a counter trend, um, shorting opportunity, the, it's sixty one point nine Fibonacci region supply levels there. There was a there was a a resistance structural level. There was a trend line touch. I built confluence around that area and I wanted to short the market. I wanted to sell the market. All of that analysis will be done prior to the to the taking of the trade, of course. And then I'd execute the trade and then I'd stand off because my stop loss would be placed. My take profit would be placed. And all the work is essentially done. It's a little bit different in cryptocurrency because the price does move up and down and you kind of you've got different strategies if you're long-term holding, if you're swing trading or day trading, but you've got to still have this kind of overall mindset that a lot of the work is already done. Once you press click by or sell, 90, 95% of the work is done. Um, and so the difference between good traders and bad traders essentially is that the good traders are able to walk away. And, uh, and go and enjoy themselves or go and do something else to get their mind off the market and the bad traders or, you know, quote unquote, or the 
people who are beginning out in the market, they just sit there for hours and hours and get kind of an analysis paralysis, they call it in trading. Um, they analyze the market too much and they, they start painting pictures that aren't there. They start building ideas and, and, and talking themselves into taking a trade, essentially. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the kind of mentality you need to have for, for trading the psychology. Now, in a bear market, um, it's quite interesting because one of the one of the Rothschilds family, which is a very, very influential economic family uh, in the world, one of them famously said that the time to buy is when there's blood on the streets. I really like that quote, but I prefer, I've kind of adapted it a little bit, but I prefer to say, whilst everyone's looking one way, you should probably look the other. And it's so, so true because it's this sheep mentality that I spoke about. you got to look away from what everyone else is looking at. If you look at the $6,000 level for Bitcoin now, the, the euphoria and the hype and the positive energy is building, but is it purely speculation? Is it purely, is it based upon technical factors and economic news? And volume coming into the market, or is it based upon speculation and purely um, hype? So you got to look at it like that. In a bull market, also you got to you got to be rational investing. You got to set Fibonacci targets, uh, extensions, and have that kind of be able to switch off that natural human instinct of fight or flight, and have that rational thought in the market. Um, setting predetermined targets and dollar cost averaging is a very important feature of the bull market but anyway that is 30 minutes up psychology in the market so it takes a lot to build this and it takes time to build psychology in the markets through good habits and positive reinforcement you can definitely get there over and out